Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. We are very pleased to introduce to you today our panel. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. I don't know if we need... Thank you. Good morning, church. How are we this morning? Are we good? A couple of weeks ago, I was just up here for a relationship thing, and many of you asked me, Brock, I thought you were going to propose. I'm very excited that you're all here this morning, because I'm once again not proposing. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, welcome to everyone here this morning. We are really excited to get on with our relationship panel. (laughs) I love my girlfriend. She's amazing. (laughs) It'll happen, guys. It will happen. (laughs) Just be patient. But we've got some questions for... You're telling everyone else to be patient. <laughs> it's okay. It I'm all right. Difficult. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a very difficult situation. How did you feel when he got to that part, Holly? Tell hard us. yakka. Hard yeah, yakka. Hard yakka. Hard yakka. The waiting part or what, what was the hard part? Oh, no. Or the actually getting married to Jake part? <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, no, 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 no. It was good. Well, as you can see, we have some beautiful people up here on stage this morning. We have Pastor Josh and Pastor Bell. We have Sue and Pastor Jake and Holly. So we are very excited. And there is usually a Wayne with Sue. Usually. Um, Usually. Usually, but this morning Wayne got called out. He's like boss man at his his work, isn't he? And he he has to solve a few issues. So he might walk in the door at any point. We did did talk about two becoming one. Oh, true. This is is the two. Two has become one. That's all you need. That's right. Um, And yes, Pastor Jake and Holly as well in the end. I don't know if you said that. But anyway. It's going to be a good time. Great to have you all. We have a first question for our panel this morning is a nice light one. Where did you meet? We met at Cornerstone College. Josh saw yeah. me get off the bus when I went to my new school in year 11 and he showed me to my first room. Yes. And we met in Smithton, Tasmania, northwest coast of Tasmania. Smithton. In Smithton. Oh, Smithton. Smith- <laughs> it's a nice little Smith- place right up in the northwest coast of Tasmania. That's where I met my Tasmanian man. Very good. And we met on CRC's one and only state youth camp back in 2013. Wow. Come on, the church is doing something here. The church has put something in the water. All right. And uh, out of everything that you guys have said already about where you've met, can you remember what your best date was? Best date. So for me, so I'm going to say um, anything where we have time. So I just I do remember just recently we had like a long lunch. We spent about three hours. We didn't have anywhere to go, anything to do, and uh, yeah. So I just think um, when we're not in a rush, when we've got time to just be together, I think that that is you know makes a makes a good date when you're not worried about the clock, worried about all these other things going on in life, where you can just be in the moment. So I think that that for me is. Oh, that's nice. For me, (laughs) it was actually the wind in my hair, riding our bikes along the Torrens for the very first time, riding from St. Peter's to the beach at um, Henley Beach. Henley Beach. And having ice cream and jumping into the water, having a splash and then riding our bikes home again. I think you 
just feel free. So that was my best day. It's a bit hard to, um, like, best one. I think our first date was pretty special. Um, uh, but we were talking about this last night. We've enjoyed quite, like, a, a great time in um, Venice a couple of years ago, a few years ago. So that's very exotic. But um, when it came comes to dating, something that we wanted to say was that um, having dates is really important. And every year for our anniversary, we go on a date. Um, usually that lasts for a three-day three, three day date. <laughs> so we have... that We've made that a commitment that that's something that we do. Um, so out of 33 years of that, there's probably... I think just in Venice was, was their best date, yeah, this time. Wow. Uh, our first date sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Holly nearly vomited all over me, and it was <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Um, but our best one was when we, like, these all sound really romantic, but ours was just ridiculous. We were in Adelaide, and then there were these two strangers playing badminton in the city, just, like, randomly. There was no net, and the, it's not even a, like, where was it? It was just, like, Victoria Square. Like, they were just playing, and they looked pretty safe, so we went up to them, we're just like, oh, no, we didn't even say anything. They just said, do you guys want to play? And we're like, yeah, we, we want to play badminton, and then... They took us to a random place and I thought we were going to get abducted but then it turned out to be like so fun and um, I think like we've just made this commitment since then to just like just do whatever, like have fun and um, just see, see what happens and it was sick. Love it. Yeah. That's amazing. Getting some ideas for our date days. I think we need to go to Venice. Random badminton. <laughs> <laughs> in Venice. I know some spots where people just pull you in to play badminton so we'll get that, we'll right, get that let's happening. let's do it. Um, by the way, we, we hope that no matter what your relationship status is, I guess you could say, this morning, we, we hope and pray that you all get something out of it, whether it is for you to apply right now, to apply later, or maybe you have children and you want them to have successful dating lives. You can write down some things and pass it on to other people. So, um, yes, that's, that's part of our heart for this morning. Our third question, how did you know they were the one you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? I can answer that. Go, Sue. And the answer is I've got no clue really. But um, <laughs> our first date, so we had met uh, just basically just seeing each other across the room at a party which my husband's sister set up so we would meet. And I went away thinking, oh, no, I don't think so. Um, he's a bit odd. In fact, he was staring at me most of the night and I thought it was a bit weird. But anyway... A couple of weeks later, he rang me and asked if I'd like to go on a date. And I went, oh, okay, I guess so. Um, we went out on a date to the Chinese restaurant. And this, so it does, um, yeah, I do remember it. Um, he ordered duck, which I thought was weird as well. I thought, who eats duck? That's really weird. Anyway, it must be a Tasmanian thing. Um, but um, we sat and we talked all night and it was just, talking and at the end of that night I when he dropped me off I he left and I just went I'm going to marry that man um and I it's it was I think it was a god thing had to be a god thing because um yeah that just I just knew that that was the right one now that doesn't happen for everybody but um that's what happened with us that was our story beautiful for me it was 
a night after Lau and Bronwyn. Hey, Bronwyn, hello. Um, it was, we went to a Bible study and after that Bible study, I could just see Josh leaning into God because Josh wasn't a Christian. He hadn't grown up in church. We were 21 at the time. Um, so, yeah, we had gone to school. We had a, the biggest crush on each other. Hook, line and sinker, my heart would have been there. We were tangoing in our lunch hours, weren't we? And um, there was, there was, there was, uh, what should we call it? It was... Um, chemistry. Chemistry. Yeah, we in actually chemistry. did it in chemistry. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> we tangoed we in tangoed chemistry. tangoed in chemistry. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> our chemistry but, teacher wanted us to get together, so would let us go out and yeah. practice for our formal. So my heart was... It could have been there, but as soon as I saw Josh lean into God, um, he, you had already given your heart to God, but then I could just see a more and more understanding of God and who he is. I'm like, you are the one for me. So it was after that spiritual um, growth that I saw in you that I'm like, yep, he's the one. That's great. I'm glad that that tangoing's not metaphorical, is it? No. Awesome. <laughs> so good. It's actually tangoing. Tangoing in chemistry. We got yep. the True Lies DVD. Right. And, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger taught us how to I wouldn't know what that is, but <laughs> I hope so, some of you out here do. I just that's said a whole another, everybody here. That's a whole other story. Like, I, I don't know how much time we got, but like, so it actually got sabotaged. We were, like, so we went to our formal. We were going to do this big tango in front of everyone. We got the whole room quiet. Um, and we were there, and it was back in the day of cassette tapes. And so the cassette tape wouldn't play, which we found out later was one of Belinda's friends sabotaged the tape so that we wouldn't be the focus of the formal. Oh my so goodness. we never got to it tango. Was chemistry. Every time. <laughs> do you Hate maybe do you want to relive that right now? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we play the tape? I can't. <laughs> uh, Jake and Holly, did you? Uh, I don't know if there was a, a pinpoint moment, but I think probably just the fact that Jake pursued me for six months despite many vomiting experiences. Because that probably happened for six months, I reckon. And, so the fact, and that is Jake's biggest fear. Wow. Um, so, yeah, any kind of bodily fluid is not his, his thing. So probably just the fact that he stuck around was pretty good. Yeah. That's great. Let's give Jake a hand, everybody. Well done, Jake. Now, I have a very serious question here. I don't want to get it wrong. From Pastor Mitchell and uh, Pastor Walter actually sent in some questions, suggestions last week. They were very early on to it. Now, I don't want to get this wrong. Uh, from Pastor Mitchell and Pastor Walter, how do I sex? Who do I sex? And why do I sex? Can anyone answer these questions? So, we'll start so, off slowly. How yeah. do I sex? Well, I'll answer probably the three together, if that's all right. Thank so, you. I think for me, it comes back to our worldview. So, um, if your worldview is one that, you know, there's just evolution and that we just come from monkeys and, you know, that you know, basically we just respond to our animal instincts and animal impulses. Um, sex obviously feels good, and so you would just do it with whoever, however, whenever you can. However, <coughs> I think with Christianity, that changes all of that. If we understand 
um, a Christian worldview, and if we're following after Christ, it should change every aspect of our relationship and, um, and also, um, you know, this question of, of sex and, and sort of uh, intimacy. And I guess it's, um, again, as I was speaking about a couple of weeks ago, sometimes I think in Christian circles we have um, almost painted sex then as a bad thing that... Um, you know, we know it's such a, a struggle for our young people to be able to make it through, you know, to their wedding, day, you know, to their wedding night, um, you know, staying pure and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, there's all these urges, there's all these, this, you know, chemistry going on in their system. And so we're just always on that no, no, no. And we can think that then the Christian worldview is that sex is a, is a bad thing. But far from it, as I, as I was saying, it's the Christian worldview actually elevates sex to a whole another level. Um, and so I think that, again, with the way that God has made us is very unique and very beautiful. And so the body is made up of all these different systems. There's the circulatory system, which is complete and it works exactly the way that it's supposed to. And there's the respiratory system, which is complete and it works. It has lungs and your esophagus and it all works the way that it's supposed to. But when it, when it comes to... <laughs> when it comes to... Yeah, sorry, you're, yeah, bronchus, bronchus, sorry. But when it comes to the reproductive system, uh, it only works when there's a man and a woman together, that they're incomplete on their own. And so it's this idea of uh, uh, sort of, yeah, being with one other person in a marriage relationship that is actually um, a level of intimacy and closeness that you should only have with that, with that one person more than, more than anyone else. And so I think that if we have that worldview of uh, the way that God designed us in the beginning, the way that he intended it in the beginning, that then answers all of those questions. How do we sex? Why do we... And, of course, for us, because it is not necessarily then a physical act, it's a, it's a spiritual act. We don't even, uh, as a couple, we don't necessarily use that term sex because sex is a physical act. So we use the term make love and, you know, different things like that because for us, it's not... A physical thing it's an emotional relational intimacy thing so hopefully that sort of answers that question that's a brilliantly answered question to a very difficultly worded question <laughs> <laughs> wow i didn't expect that to be that that awesome thank you so much that's a great answer all right let's go to oh i was gonna say oh go Sue. <laughs> i was gonna ask i was gonna Please. ask Pastor Mitchell, Ooh, yes. if he really wants his mother to talk about sex on stage, is that something you want to do? Where is he? <laughs> He's just there? up the back there. Pastor Mitchell, what, <laughs> what do you is, think? What do you want? Particularly that how... how do you <laughs> is that a thumbs up? So he asked the question. Was He's all He's for, it. for it. Go for it, Sue. You have his I was just going to say one thing. Um, after 34 years... Oh, no, hang on. This is Wayne's answer first. Do it often. Do it well. And... Um, <laughs> Great. And 
um, I think so, as you go into marriage, don't take yourself too seriously. Have a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome. Great. It's good, Sue. Round of applause. Pastor Jake and Holly, I'm really hoping for some sort of amazing theological answer from you guys. <laughs> no, hey, I we think, can. I think we're running out of we, time. We can go to our next question. <laughs> Let's actually. move on. Good idea. We're, I think I think it'd be good. So the next question, you know, when you go into a marriage, I'm sure there's lots of expectations that you have over each other. So how is marriage different to your expectations? Maybe if if you guys want to start us off. If not, anyone oh, else can jump I'll, in. I was actually saying to Holly that um, it's it's so much better than what I expected. Like I think. But I think, like, um, for those that are Christian here, especially, like, young Christians, there, there is a lot of, I guess, like, outward pressure to, like, once you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend that, like, you guys are going to get married, like, this, like you, you're going to get married sort of thing. So I guess when we were dating, I actually felt, like, a lot of pressure, like, I've actually got to date um, Holly and, I, and we've actually legitimately got to get married. Um, and then I think I was, like, feeling a lot of that pressure and, like, I was just is this the right thing, like, are we the right people for each other, all that sort of thing, and then I guess my, um, like, expectations throughout dating was, like, um, like, this this has to happen, but then since being married, and, like, since, like, working, walking out that journey and doing marriage counselling with Pastor Mark and Holly, um, it, it wasn't even, like, oh, we have to, like, and as Christians, this is what we have to do, but, like, this is the best thing ever, and it's surpassed any expectation I've ever had, and it is legitimately the best thing ever, so... Yeah, amazing. I think for me, it would be refinement. So I never expected that we would refine each other as much as we actually do. And that is with our communication and with our character. And they know there's nothing that you can get away with in marriage. Like, they see everything, they know everything, they know they smell a rat when you've got a bad attitude. And so you have to refine yourself, like, with God. Like, just continually be, you know taking it to God in prayer like it but it is better than what I expected as well it's so good yeah same better better than what we expected mm. always and continues to be yeah. I think as well for uh for me again not having grown up a Christian my all my expectations were built around you know movies and different things like that and you know what I saw um you know, portrayed in these, you know, romantic uh, movies. And so looking at the guys in those movies and then looking at who I was, I kind of thought, well, marriage is then kind of all about almost being someone that I'm not. Like, that was... Uh, that's like I have to sort of invent this... I wanted to be a good husband, but I thought I'm going to have to change who I am to become a good husband, to be like those people. Whereas, I guess, a true, intimate, loving uh, marriage means the total opposite of that, that Belinda actually sees me exactly as I am, um, you know, all my faults, everything, and she loves and accepts me for who I am. So I think that, yeah, it was totally different because of my false expectations and the best thing about marriage has been that, you know, I, I actually get to be who I am, who God made me to be, like, and the refined version mm. through uh, being with each other, not that I had to 
be refined first. I was a little bit unrefined, wasn't I, <laughs> but, <laughs> when we first got married. But yeah, you would um, never wear <coughs> shoes to the shops. Never. Never. A true Murray Bridge man. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. They were the days. I used to do that. You were saying that there are great expectations in relationships and we also know that in relationships come rocky times. There are difficult situations to navigate. I suppose my next question would be, what has been your greatest challenge or um, your a difficult hardship in your relationships? Our greatest challenge is putting IKEA furniture together. <laughs> <laughs> together. <laughs> like trying to do that together is a challenge. Kryptonite. Where's Jess? We were doing this yesterday actually and talking about, yeah, this is our most challenging thing. So working together <laughs> sometimes can be challenging. But I think the challenges change over the times. Um, but yeah, the, our greatest challenge, yeah, I think just the everyday stuff. Just the ordinary stuff. Sometimes it's not the big things. Sometimes the big things like the crisis you pull together. So that isn't always the challenging times. But it's just those everyday little things that can build and be challenging for us. Um, and just working those through together and recognising our strengths and differences and um, working with them. And I guess respecting each other too for, for what we can both bring to that situation. Yes, <laughs> could do. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah cool. Um, I think for us, well, we've only been married one year. We had our first anniversary a few weeks ago. Which is Congratulations! Um, paper, I think is is that right? Paper is your first. Yeah. 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 So that was nice. Um, so we haven't. I don't know if we've necessarily had any overtly challenging experiences yet. It's still kind of the honeymoon period, I suppose. Everything's pretty good. Um, but I think probably when we first got married, we kind of, our honeymoon was, it was right sort of at the peak of COVID messing things up a little. Like our wedding was all good and we had the most open restrictions. So we could have 150 people at our wedding and everything. But then we went on our honeymoon and then there was announcements that there was going to be a lockdown and we thought that we were the ones that had spread it interstate because we'd gone to the Gold Coast and I was convinced that I had COVID. And then I got so anxious and so I was spewing and then that wasn't good for poor Jake. And so this was just a terrible start to the very end of our honeymoon. So the rest of it was really lovely. But that wasn't very good. And then we came home, we found out that Jake's dad was sick. And then we also found out that Jake's mum was sick as well, like cancer and, and, and cancer scares and, and scary things. So we kind of had to navigate that and that was like we kind of got chucked into that straight into marriage. So I guess that was kind of challenging. But other than that, it's been pretty good. Wow, yeah. yeah, that would Very be pretty good. cool. Following on from the question that I just asked as well, just for one person on the panel to answer, what has been the greatest mistake in your relationship? If People make mistakes. If you're willing to share. Yeah, if you're willing to share. This is a really big question. Yeah, maybe I'll take that one. Um, so I think for, for us, again, many of you know our story that... Um, we haven't been able to, um, as yet, have kids of our own. And so um, we've sort of taken on um, people that we call our, you know, our kids. And um, so we're sort of, but we've come sort of late to uh, being parents, I guess. And uh, again, just the, the different parenting styles, like I'm more 
grace. Belinda's more truth. Like, and so um, just sort of navigating that. So, you know, sometimes, you know, I want to tackle things one way and uh, Belinda wants to tackle things a totally different way. And, uh, but again, it's like, it's like that, you know, the, the sex question and, the, and that, you know, the two sort of um, complementing each other is that God has actually placed us together that we need grace and truth uh, together. But sort of initially I was a bit like to Belinda, not, like, not like, you can't just come in with the, with the truth. Like you, you, need, you need the love first, you need the grace first. Like don't you, you know, sort of go in and say this and say that. And so, yeah, so me sort of squashing her and the way that God has made her and designed her and the way that we're supposed to complement each other. Um, yeah, as I said, I think initially I was sort of squashing that in her. And so I think that that was probably, yeah, my biggest mistake, I think, that I've made. I don't know if anyone else wants to, wants to share. And I think a good thing is that now we walk the dogs for probably a good hour every morning. So we are able to talk about, I don't know, our differences and how to tackle them. And it's been really, really good. Like before that, we really didn't have time to talk and stuff. You'd have your iPods in your ears. And uh, I would have... Yeah. 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 <laughs> And so, yeah, Josh was there, but we weren't able to com communicate as much. So mm. now we're on the same page, so it's really good. Yeah. Were you going to add something, Sue? Yeah, I think the biggest mistake that we could make in a marriage is expecting the other person to be perfect mm. and expecting them to live up to our expectations. That's which, good. And if we set high expectations and we expect ourselves and the other person to live to that, it's going to fail every time. So I think the greatest mistake in a marriage would be to expect um, more than what the other person can give and not allowing that humanness in our marriage, which is very real and we live with it every day. Um, but just, yeah, if we're not going to allow that um, in our marriage, then that's, that would be the biggest mistake yeah. we could make. Wow, yep. That's good. Um, just on the back of um, what you were sharing, Josh, um, got a question. Do, does having people in your home change the dynamic of, you know, your marriage slash kids? Um, does that, do kids change things? Slash how do you keep the love alive once they enter the scene? <laughs> Sue, would you got to answer that question? <laughs> <laughs> okay, four children. Um, Come on. The answer is yes. Sorry, what was the first part? Does it change? Yes, yep. it does change. Um, and how does it change? I guess it changes our focus. Um, there's a very big um, temptation to put children in front of our relationship. And I think the biggest um, challenge in all of that is keeping the marriage as number one and also showing to our children um, I read once and um, yeah do believe that the greatest gift we can we can give our children is showing them how to love each other so um, putting each other first now we haven't always done that well 
Um, I know, especially in the early years when there was lots of babies in the house, um, uh, that it was very easy to put them first because they're right there and very demanding. Um, and to push your husband aside during those times. Um, but that's, yeah, that's the one thing that's really important is to keep, keep the marriage number one. Um, that we are for each other and that and show the kids that we're in this together, we're doing this together. Um, I know for myself, um, like I was, a, I was a teacher, I had older sisters that had kids, so I knew all about kids. Um, and Wayne didn't have much experience, so I thought. So um, pushing him aside during those times, thinking, I've got this, I can do this. Um, but I very much needed him in those times for him to bring in or, you know, to, 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 do, to be the dad and to be the husband. Um, but, yeah, just number one is to keep each other as number one and show our children that that's our priority. Mm, yeah. That's good, Yeah, too. I think um, as well that passage where um, after uh, Peter had you know, stuffed up, as people might say, and denied Christ, and then he comes back and to bring about that redemption, he sort of says, do you love me? And then he says, you know, well, then feed my, feed my sheep. Mm. And I relate that to, you know, this question because the natural thing to, to be to, to try to love your kids better is to think you have to focus on the kids but I think that actually focusing on the relationship so Jesus didn't say do you love me then love me then spend time with me he actually says then actually like feed my you know by feeding my sheep you're actually demonstrating your love for me and so I think by investing into um, the marriage relationship is actually the best thing that you can do for your kids because then your kids know that they're that there's a stable home environment that there's you know um, that there's consistency there's love there and so again it's just that whole idea of sometimes we can sort of you know miss the forest for the trees kind of thing where we can go we need to focus on because kids can be obviously demanding and different things like that and so we can sort of you know, want to just go, they need my attention, we'll, you know, we'll make them the focus. As, but as Sue said, I think keeping the marriage um, strong is actually the best thing that you can do for your kids. I so. think also I've been shocked at the human heart and our capacity to love because you add another so much but differently and all the same and they're all amazing. And so, like, I just think, yeah, the capacity of a human heart is huge. So, yeah, I think that's good as well. Like, yeah. yeah, marriage first, but, yeah, as we've had additional ones come in, they've just been beautiful. Awesome. For everyone here, what sort of boundaries do you have in your relationships to ensure that temptation doesn't become a part of your relationship? Or good question. People are always tempted. So what are your boundaries in the relationship? Or anyone we can jump in, sorry. Yeah. We ask this really... Um, quite a hard question of each other um, and we just go straight straight to it and we I'll ask Josh have you been tempted in any way and is there anyone that has any is been showing any affection towards you and I think um, that's a hard question to ask 
especially if there is an answer <laughs> or something. But it's I'm I'm to be Josh's biggest cheerleader, and I don't want anyone to cheer louder than what I am in his life. And so it also gives me eyes that if he's feeling like there's someone that is attracted to him, I've got his back. Like I won't let him be alone. We don't have um, any one-on-one counselling in rooms with opposite sex, all of that without windows and all of those um, guidelines. We don't share rides with the opposite sex in cars and things like that. Um, so we don't give opportunity, but we also ask, ask those hard questions, but we also want to be filling up each other's love tank. And for me, that's quality time. It's knowing your love language, whether it's um, words of affirmation, physical touch, um, gifts, quality time, all of those. What's the other one? Um, acts of service. Acts of service. So knowing your love language but, and also filling that for that person, investing into that. And, yeah, but we all have that capacity to have our eyes wander or whatever. So it's really important, even in a good, healthy, solid relationship. I love Josh. He loves me. But we're always very mindful of that. And um, I protect him and he protects me. But I think also guys, like... There's other things that, you know, sort of I, you know, do to help protect that. So, like, Belinda knows the password to my phone, so she can access it any time and look at everything that I've uh, been going to and, and texting and all of that stuff. So she has full access to, to all of that. Um, but also little things like, um, again, just making sure that... Um, you know, TV shows or movies or different things that we watch, like we always check the, the rating first. We won't watch anything MA or above, um, just as a blanket rule. Um, but then, you know, we're also checking what's in a movie, all of that stuff, um, to make sure that, you know, you're sort of trying to keep your mind and what's coming in pure. Because again, you know, if what's coming in is good, what comes out is good, so... Yeah, I mean, as well as that, I think for me, when we got married, the first couple months after that, I, I felt like I didn't necessarily need, or like we didn't need accountability anymore. Like when we're dad, like dating, we'd um, catch up with people, talk about our relationship, all that stuff. And then when we um, got married, I was just like, oh, we don't need that anymore. But then um, I think a couple months in, like just like, making sure that we've got a foundation of accountability. So like whether you're dating or or even married, I think it's so crucial to have wise people speaking into stuff as well and, like, having that communication. Another thing as well, like, um, that, that we do is Holly just likes to talk, like, just <laughs> just pretty much non-stop. And then, like, I, I have a little problem with listening and I also don't talk a lot, but then we've made this thing where, um, like, we, we go to bed together at the same time every, every night. Um, no matter if, like, I'm working late, we'll, we'll go to bed and then I'll wake up and then I'll go to work or whatever it is. Um, but Holly loves to talk, so we'll just talk. And then with that, stuff comes out and we just have, like, um, super honest, raw conversations every single night. And, um, yeah, so I reckon communication and accountability, no matter what stage of your relationship. That's great. And those boundaries are really important for relationships. Have you got any general tips, just quickly, that you would... just a uh, 
quick one sentence, quick tips that you would just advise anybody here that's either entering into a relationship or in one right now? I think um, for me, just knowing that we're on the same team, like, so uh, marriage can be like, you know, getting one up on the other person. It can be a bit of a competition or who's done what around the house or who's, you know, who's better than the other. But just like, sorry, was this supposed to be one sentence? It's okay. Sorry, sorry okay. I think early on, just realising that Josh is on my team and together we can tackle anything. So, um, so there's not that warring, there's not that competition. Um, and yeah, so with emotional problems or work problems or family problems, anything and everything, we're on the same team. And um, like, yeah, we're better together, hey? And so... That's great, Bill. Yeah, I think going off the back of that, um, yeah, believing the best in the other person, that's a really big thing of mine because, you know, stuff happens and, you know, sometimes, you know, again, we talked before about expectations and sometimes Belinda won't meet my expectations and I can think that that's because she's not thinking about me or, like, that she's against me or anything like that. And so you go to that kind of default of, uh, like the reason that they're doing that must be this. Um, and so there's that, there's that self-talk that always goes on that sort of, in all of us, I think, sort of defaults to that negative when there's unmet expectations. But it's sort of resetting that and going, no, I'm going to believe the best. I know that she is actually for me. And so the reason, there must be another reason, another explanation, you know, for, you know, things not going the way that, you know, I would have wanted or whatever. And so, and then sort of, that then dials down the emotion so that when we come to talk about it, she can then explain, you know, what's going on rather than me going on the attack. So I think that that is sort of my big tip is, yeah, always believe the best and, uh, you know, yeah, start the conversation That's from great. there. That's great. We, um, sorry, Sue. Uh, yeah. We... Are nearly out of time. <laughs> it's gone so quickly. So I thought we'll just ask two last questions. Um, and this one is in one that I find quite interesting. Hopefully everyone else does too. But how do you turn two people, the Bible talks about the two become one, how do you turn two people with different likes and dislikes into one person? And I also want to tag on the end of that, that you know, but how does that look? Is that in absolutely everything, you know? Who wants to have a go? <laughs> yeah, I'll have a go at that one. Um, <laughs> when uh, when we first met and um, we started going out, my sister-in-law-to-be said, asked me one day, she said, Sue, do you like football? And I said, oh, kind of. She goes, well, you better because your husband does. Um, <laughs> well, and, and it, there's, a, there's a sense of that that's true, but there's a sense that not. How do two people come one? Well, we are different people. Um, we've still got our likes and dislikes, we've still got our interests, um, but as we've lived together for 33 years, um, our likes, our interests align, like in, in lots of ways. And that doesn't mean that we put aside what we're interested in for the sake of the other person, but it means that we build our... like. So two become one, there were his interests, there were my interests, and now there are our interests, 
um, as well as their own individual ones as well. So, um, yes, two becoming one is, is, is right. We're on the same team, we're heading in the same direction, um, but doesn't necessarily mean everything is exactly the same. We still have our individuality. And I don't actually mind watching football either. So it's nice. I think that it's yeah, sorry, yeah, m that mutual submission. Like the people often get hung up on this. Yeah, it does say wives, uh, you know, submit to your husbands, but it also says husbands lay down your life and love your wife. Like so, that has to be submit. Uh, so for the two to become one, there has to be that mutual submission. Like it, otherwise, it's one lording it over the other. And, yeah, so it can't actually... So for two to become one, it has to be this idea of, you know, mutual submission, I think, is... Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, and that's actually the verse Wayne really wanted to share today was about husbands love your wives. Like, mm. above all, husbands love your wives. And we were talking about submission and that whole love thing, and he just says... His, his way he explained it... I wish he was here to say it. The way he explained it was... If, I'm, if he's loving his wife well enough, the whole submission thing is not an issue because number one is husbands love your wives. That's the, that's the biggest thing. And if he's willing to lay down his life for me, then submission for me is not an issue. It's, it becomes a natural and a, a thing that you want to do because if someone's putting you first in what they do, then you just want to follow. Like our heart is to, for, for that you know, that relationship is solid and good because you know that that's what he's doing. And there are times in your marriage when you could question that, like, oh, does he really love me? As Josh was saying before, sometimes those thoughts creep in. Um, I think God was really gracious to me. Early in our marriage, he gave me a picture of that. I remember one morning just thinking, oh, this is just not going to work. You know, uh, marriage is, seems like a long life sentence at times and I remember walking out of the room one morning and going to another room and seeing Wayne he was on his knees and just praying um and he, I knew he was praying for us and our relationship and I thought well you know that if I know that he is loving me loving God first and loving me that much then then that's you know we'll be okay it was just a, a good picture to me that we'll be okay if those things are in line but yeah, husbands, love your wives. And when wives, we just respond to that um, when we know that that's what you're doing and that's how men lead, by loving us well. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank sir. you. Did you have something to say, Pastor Bell? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think we're to complement and not complete each other. Like, God is the one Ooh, that completes me. I'm one with God. And so I'm secure, I'm made whole. I bring my wholeness to Josh and we com we complement each That's other. Right. So there's wisdom and there's grace, there's truth and truth and grace, there's um, logic and emotion, there's like we're opposites in so many different ways, but we complete we complement each other and I don't expect to be completed by Josh. I never have. Like I expect to be completed by God and yeah. let him meet all my needs yeah. and so that you know, when I come to Josh, that all my emotions and all the things that I'm going through, I can go through with God first and foremost and then air it out with, with Josh. So, um, so yeah. good. 
We have one final question this morning before Pastor Mark will come to wrap it up. But the last question today is, what is one key verse that each of you have held on to to apply to your relationship? Cool. All right. We might just go along the line. So mine <coughs> is a bit of a different one. So mine uh, is Matthew 12. Uh, and it says, For out of the abundance uh, of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person, out of his good treasure, brings forth good. The evil person, out of, uh, out of his evil treasure, brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by our words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. And I just think that there's so many careless, idle words that we could speak, speak that we're not intentional about. And so I really, every word that I speak, I want to be intentional and I want to be speaking life, that we actually have the ability to use our words to speak life. So I don't want that to be like a judgmental thing that people are fearing judgment day and, you know, but I just, I take it as a privilege that my role is to speak words of life and encouragement to Belinda. So I want to be intentional about every word and let no careless, idle word come out of my mouth, but use my words for that. Very good. I would say uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So over our household, it's a joyous place um, with those coming in, those going out. Um, Ministry is a joy. Work is a joy. Our car rides are a joy. Um, And so, yeah, I think joy is very foundational to our marriage. Uh, Philippians 4, verse 8, um, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just and pure, whatever is holy, whatever is of good repute, this is how I learnt it, if there is any excellence or anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. Um, and as women, we can, we can go to the negative, we can, our minds can wander and think the worst of someone else, but just remembering to keep our mind pure and our mind on positive and good things. We're kind of teaming up with this one, um, so this is for Jake and I. Um, but this is Philippians 1, verse 20 to 21, and that's the Passion Translation, so don't hold that against me. But every version of it's good. But this one I like. It says, No matter what, I will continue to hope and passionately cling to Christ so that he will be openly revealed through me before everyone's eyes. So I will not be ashamed in my life or in my death. Christ will be magnified in me. My true life is the anointed one and dying means gaining more of him. And I just think that's really powerful that we get to cling to Christ together. Like that's part of our relationship. And we have this written on our um, mirror in our little shed. Um, and that's something that we, I wrote up there when we found out that Jake's dad was sick. And I thought, I just want to make sure that we're clinging to Christ. And I think that's going to be the thing that will get us through, not trying to figure it out ourselves, but to be able to cling to Christ and for that to be openly revealed to people that we're not mm. shaming away or, or hiding away um, real life. I think you, you keep personal things personal, but to be honest and real with people um, and for that to be revealed to our friends that don't know Jesus um, so that God is made known and I just want our lives and our marriage to represent Jesus well. Um, and that we've already seen, like even yesterday at a, at a wedding, we were at just how much of a difference being real with a, a couple that we know that doesn't know Jesus how that can impact people. Um, And so that is a verse that I think has been really special for us. Amazing. Well, it's been a beautiful morning. Thank you. Can we please put our hands together to thank our panellists? Thank you. Thank you very much. All right.
Have we convinced you, Brock, that marriage is a good thing? Yes, you have. So you'll be all hearing from me very... <laughs> the ring? Where's who the knows ring? when. <laughs> Pastor Mark, would you like to wrap this up? Thank you, guys. Let's give him another hand. Wasn't that great? Jake and Holly just spoke about a, um, about a wedding they went to yesterday. And weddings are great. Weddings are beautiful. I actually really like weddings. Uh, but a wedding is just the beginning. I like weddings, but I love a good funeral. I love a good funeral because it's the last chapter. I saw a, um, I saw a, the Eternals movie the other day. At um, it's a Marvel movie, and I, I really liked it. But it felt like it felt like a good beginning. Um, but life's not just about the beginning. It's not just about the first chapter of a book. It's about the last chapter. It's about how it ends, right? And a lot of these guys up here, have, they've talked about some of their starts. And, and most of these have been, it's been pretty positive. But maybe for you today in your relationship, it's actually, it's not like that. Maybe it's really really hard maybe maybe marriage maybe relationships have been filled with violence they they you haven't felt like you've been put first and like bell intimated she talked about this difference she had this revelation that josh wasn't actually ever meant to complete her he was just meant to compliment her. And maybe there's people here like me that when I went into marriage, I expected Holly to complete me and she couldn't. And I felt broken. And maybe there's people here that are facing the first few chapters of your life have been really tough. And so as I was preparing for this morning, I really felt God put on my heart that this is not the last chapter. And I'd like to pray for people here. That there's people here that have realized that they need help. They've tried everything and you don't know what to do. So I would love to pray for everyone, but especially those people who in their heart are crying out and are saying, where do I go now? And I want to ask you to invite the Holy Spirit to empower you, to complete you, that the Holy Spirit through, I don't know how to explain what He's done in my life, but as I've not just look to God the Father, not just believed in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sins, but actually walked in and through the power of the Holy Spirit, actually said to the Holy Spirit, I don't even know what to do today, but would you guide me? I'm going to take your hand and I'm going to trust you to do something in me that I'm not capable of doing. I want to pray for people about that this morning. Would you like to stand?
And if you feel like that, I just encourage you to, to stretch out your hand, to maybe lift your hand in faith to God, to say, I need something. Holy Spirit, would you empower me? Let's pray. Father, I just pray for every person this morning. I thank you for the first chapter, the second chapter, the third chapter that was spoken today from this beautiful panel. But I, but I pray now for those who there's been chapters in their lives that has broken them, that has absolutely smashed them. Now, Father, I know you're not finished yet. This is not the last chapter. So, Father, you know the people that are responding to you now, whether their hands are raised, whether they're stretching out, whether they're looking to heaven. Holy Spirit, fill them. Guide them, lead them. Put them back together, God. Help them to Realize that people can't complete them. Only you can. God, knit them together. Father, we pray, bless them. Holy Spirit, respond to their heartfelt prayer. Come alongside them. Take their hand and lead them through the next storm. Father, have your way. In Jesus' name, pour out your Spirit, God. Fill, in each, fill each and every person that's crying out to you. Those online that are watching, hear their prayer. Fill them, God. Father, I pray also, I feel you, you're leading me also to pray for those who believe a lie that they will never have a relationship like this. They fear relationships. They fear that, that they're never going to be loved. Father, speak now. Take away that fear, God, and lead people to their lives that value them for who you made them to be. And last of all, I want to pray for the young people here. The young people and maybe the not-so-young people that have been watching these relationships. And, and you young guys, I want to challenge you this morning to do relationships God's way. Don't uh, let you just do what you want to do, but trust God. Trust God this morning to do things His way. Father, I just pray, lead and guide these young people to not just do relationships like the world, to cheapen it, to just uh, girlfriend or boyfriend after boyfriend, girlfriend, doing whatever you feel, but instead to trust you, to trust you, to ask people's advice, to include your parents and your spiritual parents in the process, to, to, to allow the Holy Spirit to lead them to a good relationship and to build their life and their relationships on Christ. God, uh, encourage them and challenge them to do that. Guys, make a commitment this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember... 
the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.